Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Decker. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We are locked and loaded and ready to go. We're tired. And a long night last night, Mike, at GCW, the old me. Uh, another GCW show. First off, before we get into the show, Mike, thoughts on that show? Because um, I'm still buzzing from it, and it's been, I don't know, 12 hours since we left. Yeah, it was a pretty star-struck show, I think. Um, I don't think a single match went over 12 minutes. No. But you know what? Matches don't have to go over 12 minutes. Not when you have the stacked-ass card like that one was. Yeah, so it was, it was a good time. <clears throat> um, you know, it's funny. I was, I was mentioning earlier in a previous conversation where it was, uh, you know, it always feels like Detroit is like the city or the town that people go to, and then it's like, oh, they go to Chicago where this banger mm-hmm. of a show happens. I felt like this time because they did the show in Ohio the day before, that mm-hmm. we got that show. Yeah. Like, looking at it from top to bottom, I'm not, we're not going to go through the whole card review or anything like that. Just thought I'd mention it. If you, if you, didn't, if you didn't see it, go on Fight TV. Go buy, buy the pay-per-view, 12 bucks. It's not, and you can watch it on a limited amount of times. It's bangers from literally top to bottom, first match to the end match. Minoru Suzuki is on this show, okay, ladies and gentlemen. The Briscoes are on this show. Effie is on this show. There's a lot of t- – Chris Dickinson, ACH – Joey Janela, Bandito. There is so much good content on this card. For it being just a just a standalone show, stacked. Literally from top to bottom. I cannot recommend enough. It's one of my it's gotta be it's probably top three wrestling shows I've ever been to, honestly. And that you know, I mean I got WrestleMania and I got AW's Revolution shows, but everything else I don't know if that compares. So lots of good stuff. You'll see yours truly and Mike uh the Merc Zone on camera quite a bit as well. So Send screenshots, send, send screen grabs. Uh, we're featured pretty prominently throughout. So that's what happens when you got the hookup and you get first mm-hmm. row seats, right? So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> But we got a loaded show this week, though. I mean, we've got uh, Miggy, 3,000 hits. We're going to talk about it. We got the USFL and the dumpster fire that it looks like it is so far. We've got um, the a New Japan AEW Super Show. And, of course, we're going to end the show with what's on everyone's mind, NFL Draft Talk, as we are less than a week away. Thank goodness we're almost there. But let's jump in. Let's talk AEW New Japan Super Show announcement, Mike. You were spot on last week with that prediction. Um, he's shaking his head because he's like, yeah, light work. It's what I do. <laughs> um, but, Mike, talk to me about this. We don't have a ton of details yet. Right, like we just—it's just roughly been announced less than a week ago. Um, we know the date and everything, but we yeah. don't really necessarily know what the format's going to be. Is it going to be like the G One Supercard was? Are we just going to get a whole bunch of dream matches? Um, what are the stakes going to be? Are we going to have title matches on the line? Like you know, yeah. we don't know any of the situation. Talk to me about what you thought when you heard the news. Um, obviously, I'm guessing you were just like, "Yeah, I'm not good." But outside of that, you know, implications and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I that was like on the Twitter rumor mill. It was, yeah, either, yeah. It was either that or oh, they signed with HBO Max, and you get yeah. everything on HBO Max. That's and I was like, I know, I was like, if I get one of those, I'd rather the HBO Max one happen. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'll take this one also. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think this show is gonna be as closely resembled as the G One Supercard show, uh, that they did in 2019. Yeah. As you can get, where I think you're gonna get like a couple world title matches. You probably get the AEW. Yeah and the uh, New Japan World Titles mm-hmm. and main eventing the shows. And then throughout the card, you'll get, like, junior heavyweight title match. El Desperado versus Darby Allen because he's probably the best, like, junior you have right. or whatever. Right, right. Or, or Sammy Guevara or something. And right. then you'll get, you know, and then you'll get, like, your dream matches between, like, Punk and Tanahashi or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, name, or Kento or whatever. Like, name right. a guy. He'll come over and be there. Right. Um, I have a prediction where I think that the the main event world title match will be, yeah. um, which I think would be a banger. Um, but, but yeah, it's going to be a great shot. I yeah, I, yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. You know, the Forbidden Door is what the pay-per-view is going to be called. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, when you, when you see these types of things happen, it's exciting for everybody, right? It's for the New Japan people. It's for AEW people. It's for fans of both, like you and I are. Um, I think it's a big shot in the arm for New Japan, quite frankly, because I think you get back to what made New Japan so appealing a few years ago was was the foreign talent, right? Mm-hmm. So it's Americans going over there, mixing it up with the top guys that they already have, and that's where you really start to see some of the some of the really quality cards that we saw for yeah. about a two three year span. There, where it was like, man. Every big show they have is a big show. Yeah, I think I think top to bottom. I mean, I think you could 
Izu get an eight match card. Oh yeah, that could be like the best card. Yeah, lineup ever. Yeah, I think um, if Kenny can come back, yeah. I think you can pull him and Ibushi together. Mm-hmm. I really think the main event would probably, if Okada's still champion, be Okada and Brian Danielson. Yeah, I think well, that's probably well, where you would want to go. There's some that. rumors out there that Okada may not be on the show. Yes, I, which I yeah. was like, which I was like, oh, that's yeah. Not, if they, that's I mean, great. I and yeah. they might. They, I would, I would feel that they would probably pull the because they have their Dominion show, yeah. right before yeah. the show would happen. Right. So I assume if Okada doesn't want to go over and or right. can't go over, they'd probably take the title off of him and put it on a Ibushi or right, a Naito right. to right. defend the, the title, title and have the world title yeah, there. Right. Um, so if that doesn't happen, then that could change. But I really think like Okada, Brian Danielson to main event that show would probably be like your biggest. Oh yeah, draw of a match Absolutely. outside of having Kenny Okada. Yeah, but I don't think you should ever touch that again. Yeah, really. I think that's kind of yeah. You had three bangers, four, four bangers. Sorry, yeah. and it was like the perfect three. like format storytelling yeah. format where I was like, right. I yeah. don't th- like if you win, do a loss, fifth tie, now, and then you had the two out of three falls. Yeah, and, like, and it was like win loss, and then someone finally just overcame and won yeah. at the end. I was yeah. like, if you do a fifth, then it's like okay, so Kenny's. Three one and one, right. or your two two and one. Like yeah, now, yeah. like the numbers get all kind of skewed. Like two one and one, I think just like works. Yeah, for how good yeah. that and and was. I and I think it's hard to recreate that match. It it so resembles if that's the way they wanted to go. It will resemble like Shinsuke AJ Mania, right? Yeah. Where everyone's like, man, they had such a banger at Wrestle Kingdom, and then it's like, okay, but it didn't really deliver in the same way because we yeah. just, we saw it already. It's yeah. different guys are a little bit older. Like everything, it's just different. Yeah. You know what I mean? The 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 dichotomy is a little bit different, but yeah, I, I'm interested. I like to see them take a new take on it a little bit. I would love to see if they're going to do cross promotional stuff and they're actually going to put titles on the line. I would love to see it where they, no title can be defended. So a new Japan title can't be defended against two new Japan guys. Like I would yeah. love to see it where like, if you're, if you're the junior heavyweight champ, you have to defend against an AEW guy yeah. and then vice versa, right? Like yeah. tag titles have to be, def- Jurassic Express has to defend against, god or, yeah. or something to that effect, yeah i think right? i think the, yeah the only worry i would come out of that yeah is you There's would no get yeah you get maybe yeah, well, one yeah. i think the only one that would change is just like the open weight because yeah. i think you could put like evil yeah. war low right, right name a guy name a guy and yeah. one of them could win and lose it right away in a new right. japan show yeah. but like other than that like you're not going to change any of your championships to an aew guy yeah. i guess you could Change an AEW title to a New Japan guy if you can keep him on for like a week or two. Yeah. Well, I can see like because Moxley they, because or winning a title and because he exactly. They, they, I mean, they, like they do the op- they do the strong shows still in, in the U.S. So. Yeah, yeah, that's my only. But there's like one way that it could go. The other way, I'm like, it's very little yeah. chance that right. a New Japan yeah. guy is. Gonna... I'm interested to see what they do. I you know because here my only problem with these types of shows is I thought they did a great job with the G1 Supercard in a lot of ways, yeah. right? Because I was like, okay, we had enough mixture of over cross against each other, right? Um, with the world titles and everything, yeah. um, but there was also stakes, right? Yeah. And I, and I want there to be stakes. Yeah, which is yeah, which is why I think I don't think necessarily you have to do the rule of New Japan yeah. has to defend against AEW guy necessarily. Yeah. But that's why I do think like your main like Okada yeah. versus Brian for the title, yeah. it will be a banger of a match. Yeah, a title will be on the line, but Okada will ninety percent right. win because Daniel Bryan doesn't need that win or anything. Right, right. Yeah. Like if if Punk beat Tangman at Double or Nothing because that show was right before mm-hmm. that, right? So if Punk wins that, Punk defends title against Naito or Tanahashi kind of thing, right? It's like, okay, Punk's not going to lose that match, Mm -hmm. but you put the title on the line. I think that could slightly hinder because knowing that none of the titles are going to change. Like the G1 Supercard was, okay, you had Jay White versus Okada. Realistically, either one of these guys could win. You're just playing, or like the Matt Taven, Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull. I don't think world champion is losing. No, exactly. (laughs) And that's the point. It's like like these main three matches you're going to have. None of them, like, you already know the outcome to. Yeah. So I think that's going to hinder the show slightly yeah. to where, like, the first the G1 Supercard in 2019 yeah. was like, all right, Jay White, Okada, either one of these guys could win because right. they're both New Japan guys. Right. So it just makes it that much better. Isn't like, that weird to think better. that Jay White still hasn't won a world title since then? Isn't yeah, that weird? Wild. That's kind of crazy to me. That I'm like, like, it's been, like, three years now. Yeah. And, like, he just hasn't gotten it back. I'm like, yeah. really? It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking really forward to it. Um, you know, AEW is still trying to keep things fresh and exciting. I'm very interested to see how they're going to book this yeah. card. The fun And the fun thing for us, theoretically, now, it, it could be either amazing mm-hmm. or it could be the worst thing ever, is the Detroit show that we're going to is yeah. the first show. So that show happened. The Forbidden Door show happens on a Sunday. Yeah. Our Wednesday is our Dynamite Rampage taping thing. Mm-hmm. So either 
a lot of those New Japan guys kind of just stay yeah. and might work a little bit on that right. show, right. like mix in a little bit or something. Right. Or yeah. Yeah. all the top guys are going to be on like the, yeah. the Sunday show, mm-hmm. the Forbidden Door show, and then none of them are going to want to go to Detroit to yeah. work like okay. almost back-to-back days kind yeah. of thing. And so you're not going to get Brian or Punk or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So it's either it could be really, really cool, and all those guys are kind of already there on Sunday, so they just kind of shift over to Wednesday. Right. Or you get absolutely Wish nobody. Wish it was on Sunday because I want to go, but at the same time, I don't want to. Well, Chicago. you mean Saturday because it's on a Sunday. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. No, that's what I'm saying. The sh- I wish the show was on a Saturday. The paper. Oh, you you said Saturday. Sunday. You wish it was on a Sunday, so I'm correcting you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you'd rather it on a Saturday. So yeah, you I'd go. rather yeah. show be on a Saturday so we could go uh, Sunday. Uh, that's a yeah. long. That's a long day. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun though. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really interested to see how they book it out. Um. Uh, and how they handle, uh, double or nothing right before that yeah. and what how we kind of maneuver the pieces yeah i don't think because double or nothing's a good amount of time like yeah. double or nothing's what like end of april like it's like april 20 something i think so um oh no not end no, of april, april end of may, may right yeah, yeah, so, like, so you, yeah, in april now. yeah so yeah. you you have like a whole like three or four weeks mm-hmm. so you could i don't think this show will necessarily impact much of what double or nothing yeah. does right, right, like yeah. i think they're gonna whatever happens at double or nothing all right so this is what we got now. Mm-hmm. How do we want to match up with mm-hmm. this show? So I don't think Double or Nothing will impact too much. Yeah. But maybe it will. Yeah, should be interesting nonetheless, though. I'm really excited Hope for it. Hope it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I do, too. I Like, stay with your long-term booking. Stay with what you're doing. Yeah. And Like, this is, like, the Forbidden Door show is just, like, it's a big, it's, it's like, a one- super card. Yeah. Theoretically, it could be a one-off. It, it, it's really, like, if, like, WWE, it's, like, their Saudi Arabia shows where you're just putting on, like, mm-hmm. random crazy big matches right. that you can like, in yeah, your promotion. Goldberg and Undertaker. Go, Goldberg and blah, 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 like, Stone Cold, blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah. like, it's like they're, they're just, like, big matches, but they don't impact yeah. normally overall storylines that are happening on the week-to-week basis. Right. That's what this show basically is, yeah. which is what I hope it is. For sure. Absolutely. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Like, we got to talk about it. Probably the biggest news going on in Detroit right now outside of the draft is Miggy, 3,000 hits. Yeah. I should have been there. Game gets rained out. I was not going to go. And I had to give away my tickets. Either way, I wouldn't have been able to go to the next game anyway. So terrible news for me. But he gets his 3,000 hit. He enters some pretty historic territory. I want to try to find a tweet here that uh, I think Alex Avila actually said uh, that he tweeted out here. So I'm going to give you some stats here, Mike, okay, just to kind of emphasize the impact of what this means for him, okay? Three thousand hits, five hundred homers. Only six other men in history are a member of that club. Two have PED asterisks: Rafael Palmeiro and Alex Rodriguez. The others: Henry Aaron, Willie Mays, Albert Pujols, Eddie Murray. Three thousand, and obviously now Miguel Cabrera. Three thousand hits, five hundred homers, and a three hundred average. Aaron, Mays, and Mickey. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Three thousand hits, five hundred homers, six hundred doubles. Aaron, Pujols, and Mickey. Uh, 3,000 hits, 500 homers, and two MVP awards, Mays, Pujols, and A-Rod. Batting titles and home run titles plus. So 3,000 hits, 500, whatever. For half a century, only one man said he could have done it, and that was Henry Aaron and now Miguel Cabrera. And then this one, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, and the triple crown, only Miguel Cabrera. Mm -hmm. That is insane to think about. Not only the company that he is joining, but... He has a career average of 310 right now on his career craziness. 3,000 hits. He's got all the homers. He's got the doubles. He's got everything. I mean, obviously, Hall of Fame's not even a question. We already mm-hmm. kind of knew that going in. But, like, I, 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 we, it kind of harkens back to our conversations, like, about Brady and LeBron at times and even Tiger Woods, right, where it's like I think people really need to appreciate what this dude has done. And he's done it in Detroit, too. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't something we're watching – from afar mm-hmm. he's been here for you know over two-thirds of his career mm-hmm. and he's been phenomenal most of those years i think it's absolutely insane the fact that we're talking about this right now the fact that he's able to do it the fact that he's still here i mean yeah he's a massive salary killer but like at the same time like this is historic stuff yeah. that you just don't see very often yeah, Biggie's like in a class of his own right now. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of crazy to watch that a guy at this age at baseball can just like still just like knock him in. Now he is the slowest man 
on face of planet earth yeah. it is really funny to watch only like, Victor martinez is slower yeah <laughs> like in mlb the show when his speed is literally zero yeah. it's just hysterical yeah. to try to get a hit and just mm-hmm. go well you this ball could go bounce off the outfield wall <laughs> and you could possibly with mookie Betts, throw him out at first yeah because it just rolls the right way it's hysterical <laughs> but other than that I just, I, it's just incredible. What it's he's crazy. It, it's absolutely insane. Uh, congratulations to Miggy. Obviously, his family was in the crowd and everything, so that was cool. He decided to go 0 for 4 one day, which I thought was hilarious. And they, you know, the Yankees walked him and the whole nine yards. That was funny. yeah, the day before. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in truly impressive, impressive fashion. I mean, I can't stress it enough. Like the amount of history and the fact that he did he did it in, um, you know, in Detroit. As a Tiger, right? Like, this was one of those things where they traded him and he's playing for the Dodgers or something like that, and mm-hmm. he just happens to do it. It's like, oh, that could have... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is something that Detroit can be like, that's our guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we've had him for so long, you know, he's our guy. He's mm-hmm. done... Like, all these things that he's achieved, he's basically achieved as a Tiger. So that's super-duper cool. Let's hope it, you know, and him being the guy that he is, he's like, I don't care about... He's like, it's going to happen regardless, but we need to win games, you know? Yeah. And that's, once again, just speaks to the difference... In some people, it's the difference between like truly transcendent talents and just great talents. Mm-hmm. I feel like are those little things like that. So, big out shout out to him. Not a lot of, to break down necessarily, but yeah. you know we had to mention it regardless because it's historic and we may never see that again, mm-hmm. quite frankly. So we hope we do. Torkelson, let's go. Riley Green, can <laughs> Put, we do it? Putting that putting that pressure on you, but yeah. um, no, super duper exciting for sure. All right, let's shift folks here a little bit. Um, you know, USFL debut week. Um. Yeah. So we talked about how the Michigan Panthers were favored to win. That's not going to happen. Because nope. holy mother of lord. Um. They but, could, but they just could hit in the draft picks. Yeah. Clearly. Um. I don't. I don't want to talk necessarily about the Panthers as a whole. I do want to talk about just kind of your overall impression of the first week or so of mm-hmm. the. You know. I. I think what's happened, and I don't know how you feel. I don't know if you feel like this. Like the very first game, first couple plays, they're like, oh, we're chucking it downfield. We have not seen that at all mm-hmm. since. And so I think what's the problem with this league is right now, because of the short turnaround time, and I'm hoping that the play gets better as mm-hmm. the season kind of progresses, but I think the biggest problem you're seeing right now is, I mean, truly abysmal quarterback play throughout. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really bad QB play, which is then leaking down into everything else, where I think the USFL, with all the rules about, like, stoppages in the last two minutes to try to improve scoring and we're having games end 17 13 Mm -hmm. that's not a recipe for success for a league that says that we want to be high scoring and explosive that is not the way they wanted to start with i mean just recently 10 to 6 with your one of the quarter your first overall pick at 50 yards passing yeah I, it was funny because on Holy the, on the Pat McAfee show this past week, yeah. they were making that exact point where they were like, "Could There's you imagine?" Like they were like, "They were because everyone's like, oh, you know, like obviously it's not going to be the NFL, but realistically, if you threw these USFL quarterbacks and started them in the NFL, this is the product that you get for the most part. Yeah, it's USFL. Like yeah. the quarterback play is so vital. like makes what the NFL is. Yes. Because it yes. makes the game intriguing. Oh my because gosh. you see all the teams with awful quarterbacks, yeah. and you just go, okay, so they're unwatchable. Yeah. They're, the bottom six teams in football are unwatchable because their quarterbacks suck, and so nothing, yep. nothing happens. A thousand percent. So, yeah. Um, with that being said, yeah, the USFL is rough. Jordan Tamu is the only. Yeah, and even he, had and a even he really was rough. Bad throws. I think. I like, where are we doing? Here? I think one really big thing that I think they're gonna miss mm-hmm. this first season, mm-hmm. is, and that what the XFL did have was the home field advantage, mm-hmm. which is like when they, especially even for St. Louis, the mm-hmm. BattleHawk yeah, team, yeah, yeah. like when they went to St. Louis, yeah. they filled out that entire oh, yeah. bottom bowl because they didn't, have a, like, they didn't oh, have a team, so that yeah. was like their team kind yeah. of thing. So like it was like sold out, yeah, for sure. not upper deck, but like right, sold right, off yeah. through the bottom deck or whatever. But like. It was all blue. Everyone was up and ready to go. So it, it legitimately, and I think they played the, 
what was the other like top team in the league at that time with PJ oh, Walker? Yeah, yeah, the, I know you're talking the, about. the red team or yeah, whatever yeah. who was just like killing everyone. I want to say Bandits, but I don't think that's right. Yeah, I, I want to say Generals, but I don't think yeah, that's right either. I, yeah, but yeah. So whoever the other team was, right. they played that Week Four game yeah. right before yeah, COVID could, struck and killed them. Yeah. But that game was electric. Yeah. Like Talamu versus PJ Walker, they yeah. were going strike for strike. Teams, yeah. Undefeated awesome. teams. It was like awesome, and yeah. you had that home crowd that was like rooting for them and everything. I think yeah. the problem is like the first game. You know, they because it was the Birmingham team, mm-hmm. they so like they had a pretty large, yeah, they had a decent, decent, decent crowd, crowd there. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of felt the energy. A couple big plays to open the game, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. But then the next three games proceed to be. So there's like six people there. Yeah, because yeah. no one, yeah. no one from Birmingham is going to go watch the Michigan Panther yeah. game. And, and also too, you know, the qual- like I don't, I don't know who some of these coaches are yeah. either. Like from the staff, like Jeff Fisher, he's got a resume. I get that, but like some of these, the, these pl- the play calls are yeah. so conservative. Yeah, and I go, guys, I don't know what we're doing here, but on third and six, when was it ever okay to run the football? Yeah, just just in general, let alone now, like. It was. It's crazy to me because I'm watching. The, I watched all the games. Out like I almost every single. I didn't watch the debut game because I was I was busy. But outside of that, like I watched all these games, and I'm like, man, there's just there's lack of talent. Mm-hmm. It's a glaring lack of talent. Number one. Number two. I feel like the quarterback play is so bad. And then when a quarterback makes a good throw, it goes right through the receiver's hands, and you're just like, oh my, like this is just. It's mm-hmm. really, really bad. Yeah. And then the offensive line play, I think. The defenses look really good right now because of how bad the offenses look. Mm-hmm. Like, it is it is rough. And then also, who are these kickers? I think we should have tried out to be kickers for the USFL. Because yeah. I could have missed all these kicks wide left. Yeah. I could have done that and got paid four grand or whatever it is that they're getting paid mm-hmm. a week. I think I could have done that. Yeah. I just, I'm very concerned. They have enough money behind them. And I'm hoping that as the season gets on, that it will get better. Yeah, and what and I think it also hope is that like when you look at this upcoming draft, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, you're not going to get any of the top names, but like I don't, I don't even know who like a bottom of the draft is for quarterback play. Mm-hmm. But like the first thing that comes to me is like Carson Strong. Yeah. Well, I don't think is like the greatest yeah. guy out there. If someone like that could enter this league somewhere yeah. and start for one of these teams, yeah. I think that would just vastly improve yeah, what the they, product yeah. is. Obviously, you're not getting any of the top anybody's yeah, at all right, right. but like a guy like a Carson Strong or some of those guys that can kind of just like who might be like six or seventh round picks in the NFL maybe right. can go there can like fill out some of the eight teams or whatever maybe that could improve the play plus having the home fields and stuff next year yeah. I think I have optimism for like years later but yeah. for like this season rough. I'm like I don't it's rough it's crazy to think too that like the South won all four games in yeah. the opening week yeah. and I was like oh so the Michigan Panthers are in first place in the yeah, division i guess and now they're all in two so yeah. they're in last or whatever but yeah. i was like how are they still in first because this division uh, yeah. sucks i, I don't they, know i think they're and I, and I am now which it's a trickle effect now right because now i'm very interested to see what the hell the xfl is going to do so that's yeah. the talent of pool talent that the usfl was able to pull from yeah what the hell is the xfl going to have to pull from yeah. because it's like that was theoretically the Best. best available mm-hmm. right that's not playing like a re- like even guys from like arena league jumped over and stuff so like who the hell is going to the XFL going to draft? Like, that's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. So I am I'm very interested. I'm going to watch because I'm intrigued. But at the same time... Are, is the XFL and USFL going to play at the same time? Yes. That's what's yeah, crazy. That's They're the whole part. spring ball. Yeah. So I don't understand. I really think the XFL should be a summer ball. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because then you could pull the USFL guys yeah. and kind of put them in the XFL too, maybe, and like kind of mix town around or stuff. But like, I don't think if you do them both in the spring, you know it's like you're gonna get confused too. Because it's like soccer where you have uh-huh. like the Premier League right. and then you have the like all the three other leagues, yeah, that right. like the Major Sub-league. League yeah, and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like it's like so the Premier League's on, but then you have the Major League on, mm-hmm. but then you have this other league. Mm-hmm. But like they're all different teams of different players. Like MLS, and you got like, MLS going. And got MLS <laughs> going. America. Yeah, and it's just like you're sitting there and you're like, so um, like we're gonna have the XFL that have the Battle Hawks and the Bandit. But then you have the generals who are in the USFL. Right. The Michigan is only in the USFL, not the XFL. Mm-hmm. So I think like the casual person going through is going to be like, so so the St. Louis Battlehawks. What side? Are, what team are they on? Yeah, are they in the XFL. Are they in the XFL, are they in the XFL or the USFL? Right, right. I don't know. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm very intrigued by the ratings. I'm 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 giving it a few weeks to kind of get a hold just to see if there's a massive drop off. Because here's the thing. I can't imagine that they stay at three million. No, I cannot. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm very interested to see as how it progresses. The play has to improve, and and they and it has to be explosive. 
the XFL, when those games first kicked off, there was some explosive plays. You can pick out people from that from that five-game sample and go, hey, all right, like we had some big plays here. These guys are making plays. I haven't seen a awesome like 65-yard throw for a touchdown yet. And I'm like, sorry, but that happens in NFL preseason. Yeah. Like, Tim Boyle would be the best quarterback in this league. Yeah. David, David Ball would also be good. David Ball would kill it. Yeah. Absolutely. So it is It is extremely wild. Those are the I guys hope... they need to eventually hope to get yeah. are those guys. And, I, and honestly, I don't know why. This is a little bit of off topic. But, like, why? I, and they're trying to get younger guys, right? That's the thing. I, I, and there may even be an age group restriction on it or something. I don't know. But, like, uh-huh. Um, but they're trying to get younger guys opportunities, right? Like, yeah. that's the thing. But you mean to tell me right now that a Johnny Manziel and Terrell Owens who are playing in the fan-controlled football arena league bullcrap that's on Twitch doesn't even yeah. have a real channel. It's on Twitch. Yeah. You mean to tell me right now you couldn't have put those guys in the draft pool and drafted those guys? Yeah. I get it. T.O.'s 48. He ain't going to come back to the NFL. But at least there's some name value there. At yeah. least somebody like I would have tuned in. You mean that right now Michigan drafted Terrell Owens to their team? Mm-hmm. You're not going to watch and just see what happens? Of course I am. Yeah. I want to see maybe this they, dude go out like, Maybe they're not paying him enough, though. I don't yeah. know if they have money. Over the fan-controlled football league? I can't imagine. But, like, my point is it's like, but Johnny Manziel, you mean to tell me that Johnny Manziel wouldn't come in in a league like this and just destroy? Because, he would. It, I mean, maybe he would. Pax and Lynch are first-round pick, and he's – terrible so i don't know but either, my point is like there's some name value with that right like i would love to see terrell owens go against these 25 year olds and go in and start killing it yeah. like if he was the best receiver in the league i mean maybe it's not the best look for the league if that guy just goes in and kills it but like yeah. i don't know i i think that's this kind of stuff that maybe they should open themselves to a little bit mm-hmm. considering they're not technically affiliated with the nfl yeah. that maybe they should have been like maybe we need to bring in a couple guys that people have heard of before so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm interested to watch. I'm just hoping the Michigan Panthers don't go 0-8. That's really all I care about. I still like your uniforms, so go team. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's what it is, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right. Let's get to it, Mike. The reason why we're all here, um, the NFL draft is this week. We did it. We made it. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Yippee skippies. I'm very, very excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got to get through this week of work, which is going to suck, but there's that pot of gold at the end of that, uh, that, of that rainbow. Um, yeah, there is. All right. So give me – give me a – okay, there's a pie chart. A, I'm going to frame this, okay, because I got a lot of thoughts, okay, oh, okay. but I, I just don't know how to – I don't know how to articulate. I'm not that good of a host, clearly. Um, give me on a pie chart, okay? We're going to put a pie chart. Playing pie chart, okay? If this was only YouTube, I could edit in a pie chart post. <laughs> it's just audio right now, so. Yeah. Pie chart's up. Okay, for you uh, visionary people. Th- give me percentages on your top four prospects okay. that the Lions are taking it to. Okay. Just two. Yeah, yeah. On a percentages. Okay. Are we, so are, are we, I'll let you pick the four. Yeah. I'll let you do everything. It's your pie chart. <laughs> it, you, it's your cherry pie. I am all about it. Okay. Um Okay, so I'm gonna take Hutchinson out, assuming that he's gonna go. Okay, play. okay, that's fair. Because, okay. because yep. if we had number one pick, yeah, then I would include him. Yeah, yeah. but I'm just t- I'm assuming yep, that he's sure. out, right? Yep. All right, so I would say Thibodeau's highest on that pie chart. Mm-hmm. I'll put him at. Uh... See, I have to do this off air right now. Okay, I we're know. gonna we're going we're gonna I'm go on the spot. We're gonna go. He's gonna have the highest percentage. Yeah. At forty, do you want to do your you want to do your list first of people and then no 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 this is how I want to do it. I'm sorry, it's your pie. (laughs) It's my pie chart. I am sorry, it's your pie. I'm my bad. Yeah, I want to eat my pie. (laughs) Um, yeah, so we're gonna have Thibodeau. Yeah, and that's gonna be at forty percent. Okay, I think I think he's I think he's the most likely to get drafted at two. No, I'm I'm locked up with you so far. Yep. Um, next I would probably have um Malik Willis. And I think his chart would be at like, uh, let me get a good percentage here. I think he's probably sitting at around like a twenty-five percent. Okay, so that's that's what sixty-five percent total. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the math. Make sure it's one hundred percent too. So Malik Willis, yeah, yeah forty. <laughs> so we got forty. I'm gonna make it one hundred two percent. Just yeah, yeah, make yeah. sure. So we got forty percent. We got twenty-five percent for Malik Willis. I'd probably go. Um, the uh, edge guy from Georgia would probably Trevon be next. Walker. Trevon Walker. I'd give him probably um, 20%. Yeah. 
So we are going to equal 85. And that last 15%, I think the outside chance that probably Kyle Hamilton goes. Okay. I think Kyle Hamilton's and see and that that includes the idea that I don't think outside of the top three I don't think we would draft anybody else. Yeah, I, yeah. I like I can't imagine us picking yeah. Sauce Gardner or yeah, and I'm glad a, an offensive yeah. tackle like yeah. all those guys I think are off the board like almost 100. percent So Kyle Hamilton's like fourth. But if like the money was like I, like it would be like close to zero, and so I had to give it a percentage. But it's like not. I'm glad you brought some of those guys up because there has been so much talk. You know, Brad Holmes spoke to the media last week, and he's like, "Listen, we're we're gonna get a game changer at whatever. Well, that's what we need, regardless yeah. of position. We want a game changer." And then also his comments now about, "Well, if there's a guy that we love, we're confident about, it, and there's enough conviction, we're gonna go get that guy." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, that's not." This, you Who know, knows? Everyone's freaking out. They're like, "Going to trade to one? They're not going to trade to one." But I, yeah, I doubt it. Um, yeah, for me, it, it, it breaks down to this: they need to pick a guy that they are so confident that they can that can reach a certain their ceiling, mm-hmm. right? And I think if Hutchinson was there, I think they would probably tend to lean that way, just yes. because I think there's there's a little less question marks about it. But I think Thibodeau offers you from the defensive side, at least. And I'm going to get to Malik Willis here in a second. Offers you the biggest ceiling, in my opinion, from the defending, from the all defensive, defensive side. Yeah, defensive yes, side. Yes, 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 yes. I, I left Malik out of it. Yes, for a second. yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I think that they're looking at Thibodeau. They've done so much homework on him, and I think it goes back to our conversation last week, where if they don't take him, mm. there's clearly something off. There's something wrong. Yeah, he was him. he was like not inviting He's, people to his birthday party. Right, exactly. Kind like, of yeah, he hid the he he lied about the hundred dollar bill in the playbook. He, yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever it is. Yes, one of so, those. So there has to be some glaring issue with him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Malik Willis thing, and I I very much encourage you to go, everyone. If you are a Lions fan, you're a draft buff, and you're really interested to see, go listen to Pride of Detroit's podcast with Brett Whitefield from Pro Football Network. Uh, he does a great breakdown on Malik Willis and why he really likes him. Um, so high, high, high shout out to the Pride of Detroit guys. We had Mike Payton on a few weeks ago. Awesome, awesome coverage of the Lions. Um, but he made a great point where it was like, you can't tell me that the upside for Malik Willis is not the highest of any prospect in this draft. And I don't even think yes. it's all that close, quite frankly. No, it's not. Because of the positional value and what you think he can bring yes. to this team. The problem I see with that is, is that I think they are going in the mindset of, we are going to give Jared Goff another year. And we are not going to do anything to detour that. Yes. Because in their minds, and I think, and I don't necessarily know this is a bad philosophy, if Jared Goff can throw 30 touchdown passes next year, uh-huh. I think they think they've got their guy. Yeah. If they think if they can put a team around this dude, they think they can win with him. Yeah. And I think that, whether that's smart or not, <laughs> I don't necessarily know. Yes. But I do think that is their logic. Where they're going to, I bet they're going to draft a receiver. I, where that's at, I don't know. They brought in DJ Shark. There's talks that the Lions are in. I'm going to bring up Debo Samuel here in a minute because I do want to get your opinion on that as well. Um, yeah. So I, I don't see a world where Thibodeau is not the pick. And maybe that's me being closed-minded. Yeah. I hate Trevon Walker as a prospect at two. Mm-hmm. Not the person. I don't know the person or anything like that. He doesn't have any red flags. But I am completely – I will be okay if they take Thibodeau. I'll be fine if they take Hutchinson. I will be less okay if they take Kyle Hamilton. But I will at least understand it because he fits a position of need and you're hoping he's, a, he's the guy. Yeah. And I will be fine if they take Malik Willis. I will, and those, out of those, you know, those guys, and those are all people that have been linked to them at that spot. If it's like Jermaine Johnson or something, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, because no, that's just a reach, right? Yeah. If it's even Sauce Gardner, I go, man, taking another corner that high, you better be damn sure, yeah. right? And he, like his stats are great, but I'm just like, man, this is rough. I'm going to be really upset. They take Tron Walker. He is the only pick out of the ones that have kind of been linked in that number two spot. Mm-hmm. That I would be actively coming on to the show next week and being like, I have lost a lot of faith in mm-hmm. where they're going. Yeah, I have a lot of faith in this in this regime right now. I think they've done everything right in as far as tearing it down, yeah. embracing the suck, yeah. and trying to get there. If they take Tron Walker, I'm gonna lose my mind. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I see the same thing that you see with yeah. Malik is I think like the only difference with Malik is I think his floor mm-hmm. is probably close to what Jared Goff gave you this past year for the most part. Mm-hmm. And his ceiling, I, th- I think his ceiling could be like Josh Allen type levels of stuff. Right. And so that for me would be hard to pass up on. However, with the idea that Goff is here for the whole year, it's not like benounced upon me that you know you, right. to take a quarterback next year or whatever. Um, I also I also worry though. So I go into with the expectation, and we'll get to this like in a month or two from now. Yeah. That I think the Lions at bare minimum mm-hmm. need to win at least five games this year. Absolutely, bare minimum. Absolutely. Like if if they, they don't if they don't win five or six games. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Like, Campbell can't coach. Something's wrong because your schedule gets astronomically easier this year. Instead of playing the two toughest divisions, you're playing two of the worst divisions of the four. And you're playing all the last place teams. Like, like a Seattle who's rebuilding right now. Uh, Jacksonville team's not very good. Like, all these teams are worse than the teams you played last year. And you won three and a half games last year. You have to win at least five or six games this year. There needs to be progress made. As your your team gets better, too, you have to win five or six games. I agree. 100%. So, with that idea... um, I think that I think they should definitely just upgrade the defense to help with that idea. Yeah. So I think taking Thibodeau at two, yeah. taking Dax or Lewisine or mm-hmm. whatever safety or linebacker you like at 32, 34, 32. wide receiver, you know, anything that can help you upgrade for this upcoming mm-hmm. year, I think should be the play. But I do think why I put Malik Willis at like the 25% or whatever yeah. it was, and the second most likely is having that upside of like a Josh Allen, maybe not for this necessarily this upcoming year, but like the future years, mm-hmm. I think he could definitely be the guy who, even yeah. if your team's not fully set in pieces, mm-hmm. he's like th- you're like how Stafford was like, okay, you're gonna win two games yeah. off of Stafford. Right. I think Malik Willis could get to the point where it's like you're gonna win two or three games right. off, off of Malik like, Willis. Yeah. So and I like that idea. I don't think yeah. golf will ever get to that point where it's like no. golf is going to win you two games. Yeah. Just off him. I don't yeah. think you'll ever get that. Right. Yeah, and that's a worry. I agree with you, for sure. I am I am intrigued. And I've told you before that, like, I, I've i not backed off of this stance where I don't think that Malik could not be the pick. I know before yes. people were writing him off. The thing I don't agree with, and I think that I think you're in lockstep with me here, too, is, like, how we have kind of romanticized, okay, like, oh, man, we can get Thibodeau, right? But like, Or taking Malik at two is all of a sudden a reach mm-hmm. when – Everyone's predicting to go to Carolina at six. Yes, I go. That logic yeah. does not make any sense, right? I'm also, I don't. I don't think a quarterback is necessary ever a reach. No, because if you, if, think, he's if guy, you think he's a game changer, yeah, he's the guy. we just talked about how the USFL sucks because there's no yeah, good quarterbacks. Exactly. So like, if he's the guy, yeah. like everyone was like, ah, Josh Allen's a reach at ten yeah, or wherever they took eleven or whatever yeah. they took him at, and now he's the. Second, third best quarterback in football people right now. Were, people were skeptical when Kansas City traded up. And Alex Smith went to the divisional championship game, and they're like, Alex Smith playing pretty good ball, and yeah. he just traded up to go get Patrick Mahomes, who played at Texas Tech, didn't win Jack bleep, bleep on anything uh, in college, and he's transcended the game. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that where it's like, I don't think a quarterback. Now, if you said, like we said, like Jermaine Johnson, even though he, even if he comes out to be the best pass rusher ever, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think that would still be a reach yes. until he proves himself in the NFL. Right, right, right. But that would be a reach because yeah. edge rusher is not that huge. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the second or third biggest. But quarterback, if you find that transcendent quarterback, mm-hmm. it's never a reach. Well, it solves so many of your problems. Yeah. It solves so many of your problems. It solves yeah. every problem, yeah, really. Right. Outside I mean, defense. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it. Where do you think Malik goes? Do you think he goes to Carolina? Uh, I still think they're going to somehow mess it up and they're going to try no, to. No, I, like I think, I think at worst he goes eight to Atlanta. Yeah. Nine to Seattle. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what Seattle does. Of course, I am too. I think really I'm, like Desmond Ritter. Which I, I, think I, I think, I think there's a great chance that they would trade. Um, they're forty and forty-one, mm-hmm. and trade up a little bit to get Desmond Ritter. Yeah, I would not be shocked at yeah. all. And like the late, like mm-hmm. if they could trade with like the Lions or oh, someone at that. thirty-one, I would 30, do that. Uh, yeah, like like oh twenty-nine, God. thirty or whatever. <laughs> or I can't say he has two picks. Yeah. Maybe you can yeah. package those sure. and a pick later or whatever yeah, yeah. to go up in the late first. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Desmond Ritter would be more of my pick. That's why I'm like Atlanta because you got rid of Matt Ryan. If Marcus Mariota is kind of the way you want to go, mm-hmm. then Malik Willis yeah, is kind of wise. like yeah. that kind of style and stuff. 
Um, I see a lot of people say Kenny Pickett to Carolina, which makes more sense to me for what Carolina does yeah, than sure. what Malik Willis would bring. So yeah. that's why I say probably like eight or nine. Yeah. But I am I am so fascinated by where he winds up going. If the Lions take him at two, I think people are either going to be like awesome or yeah. oh my god, it's the worst thing ever. And I and I don't want people like I kind of hope Hutchinson just goes one. Because if they don't take Hutchinson at two, like say they take two, oh else, yeah, that would be everyone's gonna lose their minds. Yeah, right? if if uh if what's his face goes one, the yeah. Georgia guy goes one, right, and then we take Thibodeau at two, yeah, everyone and their mom will yeah. freak out, and and this draft grade would be the funny thing, and you know what? That's the funny thing is if uh, Hutchinson goes one and Thibodeau goes two, the Lions draft for their second round for the second overall pick is like a B plus A minus. Yeah, if it's Trayvon Walker one. Thibodeau, too. It's a C. It's like a C, C yeah. minus. Because they're like, well, yeah, no yeah, Hutchinson. Right yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. But maybe so, they don't like Hutchinson as much. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, I am just so fascinated because I have I have told I've told my dad, you know, who is a big draft nut. We had him on last year. And I have just told him, I said, you can't rule him out. You can't rule Malik out at two. You, you just can't. can't. You no. can't do it. And I am glad the Lions brought him in. I'm glad they brought in Kenny Pickett for a visit, quite frankly. Yeah. Doing due diligence, and they've made this so many times, we're not in a position to rule out anybody. Mm -hmm. We won three games last year. We're not a good football team. Yeah. We need to get players who can make a difference. Yeah. So I am just so fascinated by this because it's going to be the most anticlimactic thing ever. Hutchinson's going to go one. We're going to take Thibodeau at two, and everyone's going to go, okay, yeah, because that's how it was supposed to be, and, and everyone's been talking about it for six months. But in that off chance – that they do it's gonna be so wild mm -hmm. so so wild all right give me your thoughts on before i before we lock in our picks at 232 and 34 because they're just real close okay yeah. give me your thoughts on this debo samuel stuff and the only reason i'm bringing it up is because the lions have been linked as one of the potential teams interested yeah. in trading for him okay what do you make first off are you shocked that he wants a trade number one number two um do you want the Lions to trade for him? I'm going to give you a trade scenario that was that was by Mike Payton, who offered a trade scenario for him that mm -hmm. I don't really like, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, and what are your thoughts on Debo and what he could add to Detroit and all that yeah. stuff? So first off, thoughts on just the, the fact that he wants out. Yeah. That he does not want to sign an extension with San Francisco. He's like, you guys are using me wrong. I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, I'm not necessarily shocked by it. I feel like when you're whole offense. Yeah, I was right. gonna say like when you become the whole offense. Yeah. I, I, it's either like some players are like, oh, I'm the whole offense. That's great. And some players are like, I don't necessarily want to be the entire offense. Well, he's like, I don't. I, my body's not gonna last. Yeah, like Debo's. Yeah, he's like, I'm playing running back, receiver, he had like 80, and kick. He had 80 carries in like the last six weeks of the season. Yeah, as a wide receiver. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, he played because he played running back. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like isn't wow, that crazy. Yeah, he was like moving oh. around everywhere. I don't know if I'm like that. You're like the utility guy. That's like the worst spot to be. So, um. Yeah, the I wouldn't be shocked that he wants out of the 49ers. Three teams that he chose to want to go to, or three teams linked to him. I was like, I don't know. You're those are downgrading. I was like, like yeah, I don't. Jets, I was like, us. I was like, why would you? I mean, I would love to have him at the right price, but yeah, I don't. Even, yeah, I don't even know if I would like love to have him, but yeah. um, yeah, the Jets and us. I was like, so you're gonna go to like a four win team <laughs> off of going to the NFC Championship? I was like, I don't know if that's necessarily the play, but. You know, Debo Samuel Sue wants some money. Lions team to go to a crappy Miami team because they didn't have state tax. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> and he did win a Super Bowl later though, yeah, so I guess. But like, now with yeah. Miami, now with Miami, yeah. But um, on the on the Debo subject, right? So Mike Payton made the trade proposal where he's like, "This maybe could get it done." Mm -hmm. Number two overall, and thirty four for Debo. Um, I would say if you did thirty two and thirty four. Then yes, yeah, prob yeah, probably. I don't think the Niners <laughs> that. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, that's the huge thing is that's the offer I would throw out. Mm -hmm. Just say, okay, we tried to get him. Yeah. So you don't lie to the media and be like, oh, we tried, but you didn't <laughs> yeah. actually try. Be like, oh, we threw it off right. If right. it was thirty-two and thirty-four, right. and maybe right. like a sixth-round pick or something. Like, let's try to let's try something. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I don't I want Debo Samuel enough. Yeah. For that. Well, uh, I think it's tough. I think I think Amon Ross St. Brown. And Debo do a lot of the same things well. Yeah. Now, I think Debo is a more souped-up version of Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a yeah. little bit bigger. I think he's a little bit faster. I just think he's I think he's a more complete player, honestly, yeah. if I'm yes. being 100% honest. 
But at the same time, it kind of feels like, okay, you bring in Debo, you're going to have to pay him. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like it's in. Now, the fact that they reported originally that the Lions would be interested, and then there was a report out there that they have actually sh- expressed interest. So, and of course, Brad Holmes immediately, like the day or two after that, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll try. And if we love a player enough, we're going to go get him, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So everyone's kind of trying to put those pieces together and yeah. make it work. The reason why I bring it up, though, is it's, it's an interesting prospect, right, where they got him. It does feel like, all right, well, now wide receiver is a definite strength, right, because you just brought in one of the best receivers in football. But at the same time, it just feels so out of lockstep with everything else that they've done. Mm-hmm. Like, even DJ Shark, if they would have signed DJ Shark to a three-year deal, I would not have been shocked. But at the same time, they didn't. And they don't, I don't think they did it because they don't like him. I think he is going to be a lion for the next several years, in my opinion. But at the same time, I think they were like, you got to earn the trust mm-hmm. first before we go and hand out this big wads of cash. We need to get better before we can start handing out $75 million contracts. So to bring in Debo, giving up a lot of assets where you want to build through the draft, giving up those assets, and then having to pay a guy – a lot of money because the wide receiver market is insane. I don't know where it fits in their rebuild. If this was maybe next year where you hit on two thirty-two and one of your middle round guys, we man, we got three studs that like mm-hmm. we can build around. Swift looks good. The offensive line looks good. GJ shark was a hit, whatever. Then it would make a little more sense. But in the current, phase where they're at i feel like they'd be kind of jumping the gun a little bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean i don't know how you feel about that with that logic but i don't know yeah see i'm i'm just lesser and i don't think deep was very like elite okay. in that sense mm-hmm. and so that's why i wouldn't do it mm-hmm. like i i look at like there's like 10 other guys that i'd rather really? have than Debo samuel so hmm. um so that's why i'm not like super high mm-hmm. like like to some people this was like oh if you traded two and 34 for like a DeAndre Hopkins type player. I'm like, I don't see Debo Samuel in like that discussion of like best people out there. And so that's like a lot to give up for someone who I think is just like a good player. Well, I look at the Devontae Adams deal. Packers got a first and a second for him. Yeah. So theoretically, if we're using that logic, he's not as good as Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. I I, I still think I'd still, he's better than Cooper Cup. In my opinion, I do think he's better than Cooper Cup. Um, I do too. But at the same time, right, you're like, if that was the growing rate was mm-hmm. a first and a second, and but then you had to pay him, a, you know, chunk load. Oh my goodness, but like ridiculous. It's one of those things where it's like I don't necessarily know. That's what I mean, though. It's like it's yeah. like that's why I don't think like thirty-two and yeah, thir- yeah, uh, like even a third or I like a later pick 32, is 34 and your se- and your ninety-seven pick. Yeah, and like that. See, that's not that bad to me. Yeah, right. Like, I'm like, I would strongly, I would send that out and say, all right, see what you want to do with right, that. You exactly. know what I mean? Because like, Process because that, like yeah. getting like, because like I said, Devonte. Like, I don't think I think like there's like eight receivers between mm-hmm. Devonte Adams and yeah, um, right. Who we're talking about? Debo. Debo. So <laughs> I'm saying I don't know what saying. I, I do not even like. I like. I would say no, but there's there's an area where well, you could. Well, I think two long term implications, right? Is okay. You bring in Debo. Okay. Now, if you win eight games next year, now you're like, okay, golf's maybe still not the answer. You're not in play now to get a quarterback. Yeah. Either. So there's a lot of domino effects yeah. here. That that's that's my worry for like the Malik Willis thing. Is like if you win, yeah. if we're even at five or six wins, it's like how close are you to mm-hmm. the top ten? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in the top ten, but you're like what nine probably? Yeah, yeah, where seven, it's like eight, nine, seven, yeah. eight, nine. Where it's like, are you even in contention to get a quarterback that you would even like? Mm-hmm. We don't know. So. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see how it all plays out. I can't yeah. wait for that. All right, let's let's stamp in, write it in pen. Imaginary pen? Imaginary pen. Okay. <laughs> as I wiggle around my arm. Yeah. Pick it to. Who is it going to be? Uh, Thibodeau. Okay, I agree with I'm you. Gonna go, I'm going to go bet okay. money on it Mike, right now. Mike's too. got Thibodeau. I got Thibodeau, Can I, can I bet too. money on it right now? <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm yeah. guessing, let's see. Is he the Vegas favorite right now yeah, before let's... we keep going? <laughs> Let's, I am, inter- I am just see. interested to see because Vegas is always funny to me. Vegas is very funny. All right. I, I know what I'm really interested in is what the hell Houston's going to do at three. You know what's a fun game? We could just play – do I have, like, some fun? Uh, okay, so number two overall pick, uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Thibodeau are tied 
at plus 175 okay. to get the number two pick. It is interesting that Jacksonville has not made a decision yet and that okay. they've been actively trying to shop the pick and yeah. nobody's. So he, here's the fun thing, right? So, out of 2022 NFL draft, number one overall pick. So here's the top five. Aiden Hutchinson, minus 175. Trayvon Walker, plus 165. Ekum McGuacamu, plus 1,600. Evan Neal, plus 2,000. Then Thibodeau's at plus 2,000. So the idea that Evan Neal is now not even the top tackle to go number one is kind of wild to me. Yeah. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Okay. Okay. Bold prediction. Bold prediction incoming. Let's start the siren. I don't know if it's bold in my mind, but I think it's bold in some people's minds, like Daniel Jeremiah, who has us taking Trayvon Walker too. I don't think Trayvon Walker goes in the top ten. Oh, I definitely think he'll go. In the because, top 10. And especially if he makes it past Houston, who's like Houston's a wild card. I have no idea what the hell they're gonna do. I have no idea. Houston, like, Houston, tackle, Houston, Houston and the Jets. Yeah. And really, the the hard thing is like the Jets and Giants both have two picks in the top ten, mm-hmm. so that's why it's saying that is hard because yeah. I'm like at four or five. Or seven, yeah. he could easily go because he's been highly rated like I that. Just, I just don't understand what people are are putting up there in this pick because I once again the tape shows what and one he is not a good pass rusher right now. He's not going to transform your defense right now. It's just not a thing. So I don't think he's worthy of top ten pick. But that's yeah. just my opinion. So I'm so, going to prediction he doesn't even go top ten. Yeah. So number three, Trayvon Walker and Ikom Gagwu have the highest, or and Sauce Gardner all have plus three hundred odds to go number three. I think three Sauce Gardner is going to go higher than people expect. He'll go. Yeah. I think I the think, lowest think he goes he is go. four. Yeah. To I the Jets. Gets, yeah. Or the highest he goes is if lowest li- is four. If yeah. The Lions take a freaking corner at two. Oh my goodness! Oh, you better be ready. Yikes. That defense is going to be tough. I don't know if I can. Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't know. They got a lot of people they've invested a lot of a lot of time in, uh, in that secondary yeah. right now. You yeah. better be sure that Sauce Gardner is going to be the next Jalen Ramsey, but the good version, not yeah. the Devonte Adams version. Uh, number six overall pick. Uh, so the Carolinas pick. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett's the favorite to go. Malik Willis the second favorite. Some of these are interesting. I would take. Well, honestly, I don't know why Carolina would roll out. Malik anyway because Malik with Christian McCaffrey running a shotgun read option type offense. Yeah. Who the hell is going to get the ball? You have no freaking idea. Yeah, exactly. And they have speed on the outside. Yeah. You got Robbie Anderson. You've got uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. You've got yeah. speed. Yeah. And what does he do best? He throws a great long ball. That's mm-hmm. just stupid to me. That's yeah. Fine. What about thirty-two? We got Ali on thirty-two. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can find these. I don't know how far that no, was. See, that's okay. We can't find it. We'll we'll lock in our pick yeah. here in a second. Okay. Over under draft positions. Okay, let's see if I can. No, nah, it doesn't look no? like it. Okay, that's okay. Um, all right, thirty-two. If you're you're Brad Holmes, you're on the phone, right? Or you you know, you, first off, are you looking to trade out of thirty-two? Are you looking to trade down? Like is it, like is that a is that a spot where? Or are you looking like? What what do you prefer? Depending on the prospect, right? Your dream mm-hmm. prospect is available. Say at like twenty-five. But do you want to trade up to go get him, or do you trust your board and let let it fall where it may, and you just take picks thirty two and thirty four? Like if the option is packaging thirty two and thirty four to trade up, or staying and just taking your picks at thirty two and thirty four, which one do you have a preference? I I would tend to stay at thirty two and thirty four. Yeah. Um, More throws at the dartboard. Yeah, I mean, I think you just, I think there's so many. So like the positions that you're looking out for so deep in are like draft. safety receiver and linebacker yeah. and i think each of those positions have like three or four guys mm-hmm. that you kind of have a pool to choose from at that spot mm-hmm. so unless like there's a weird situation where like lewis scene and dax hill and mm-hmm. like you you realistically you would need a lot to go wrong for you yeah. in the 20s yeah. and teams like buffalo and tennessee are kind of wild cards in that because like you they're yeah. so complete teams that it's like like right. Buffalo, it's like where's Buffalo gonna like receiver, right. like running back, like where are they gonna go? Yeah. But um, I would more tend to not stay at stay. thirty-two and thirty-four, probably. Okay, so at thirty-two, an idea, you know, in a realistic scenario, like Devin Lloyd's not going to make it there, right? We know that. Like, is Nicobe Dean best case scenario for you? Is it Dax Hill being the best case scenario for you? Lewisine, Jaquan Brister, who, who, you know, what's the guy? Christian Watson. Yeah, so my dream scenario would probably end up being Nicobe Dean. Okay. Um, odds are, I don't believe Nicobe Dean will probably make it that far. Yeah, I don't think so 
Um, so at thirty-two, sure would like it though. Yeah, him, him or um, Dax Hill, I think, are the two mm-hmm. where I'm like, if you could pull them at thirty-two slash thirty-four, yeah. I think those are great. And those are the two guys. I think like if Nicole Dean was sitting at twenty-seven, twenty-eight, mm-hmm. that wouldn't shock me if you tried it up. Box up and go up or whatever. I would say, but, yeah, if, if he's there and he's like their guy, I'd be like, okay, I bet you can get him at 32 and then throw in a third rounder. Because you're yeah. only moving up a couple spots. Yeah, I don't exactly. think you need to package 34 to get there. Yeah, but like it yeah. depends how high, like, right. like if you're looking at the board and you're like, all right, so he's there, but like Tennessee's picking next and Tennessee's the only thing they might need is a linebacker or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, they know more than we it do. It's so. extremely interesting. Uh, but like, I think the Kobe needs one of the few guys. Yeah. Because I think even Dex and Hill, like, you can get, like, a Lewis Scene or another or safety a or a Brisker. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think he's, like, super detrimental to not picking at 32 or whatever. I'm worried there's going to be a run on safety at, like, starting at, like, 20. Yeah, there could follow, be. Like, where it's like, oh, there goes – okay, like, Kyle Hamilton goes, like – I there's a prime position. I think somebody mentioned Washington and Lennon, or if they could get Kyle Hamilton, they'd be, like, over the moon. Yeah. I think um, they should also look at quarterback or receiver, though. But, they should. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But, like – so, like – but I look at that and you go, okay. And then after that, like, I definitely worry that there's, like, that's the position where it's, like, especially for teams that are close. Like, you take, oh, I can take a playmaking safety and this will just work, right? Yeah, We'll, yeah. Just, we'll just run three over the top. Yeah. You know, type deal. So, um, yeah, I think Nicobe Dean, though, they need they need a difference maker at linebacker. They do. So they, need, they just need someone, so to, someone to match with Derek Barnes. Yes, exactly. So really that – and then, honestly, if they could somehow trade down out of either 32 or 34 – to get another second round pick would solve so, so many issues. And I think I think the we just said it, but yeah. I think the prime team would be Seattle, who mm-hmm. has that forty forty one split yeah. right mm-hmm. there. Is if they package forty and forty one and got up to either thirty two or thirty four, uh, more probably more likely thirty four. Well, actually, no, spots. I think actually more likely is thirty two because for the quarterback, oh, for the quarterback, yeah, the fifth year option for Seattle, yeah, yes, yes, for yes, the yes, fifth yes. year option in so, this example, yeah. So, um, I think they would probably go up to try to get thirty two because I think they like Desmond Ritter, yeah. And in that sense, then Seattle would be, or Lions would be picking thirty four, forty, forty one. Yeah, I think that's exactly what you want in this draft because then at that point you can go, um linebacker safety receiver yeah. all second round yeah. and you're like looking like, oh, okay starter yeah. starter starter yeah yeah i am i'm ready i'm kind of tired of talking about it a little bit quite yeah. frankly like i'm tired of all of, like the hypotheticals i am just ready to know who the hell is going to be a detroit lion i'm yeah. excited i know. think the fun thing about this draft for the first time yeah i think since we've been doing the show yeah is the number one overall pick is not a gimme. A gimme. Yeah. Joe right. Burrow, clearly the guy. Joe Burrow, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence, clearly a guy. guy. Yeah. Um, like... You know, uh, Kyler, clearly, pretty clearly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, in that yeah. draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker was a shock, but, you know. Yeah, Baker was a I, I saw crazy. Sam Darnold was definitely going to go one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, for the most part, it's usually like, all right, number one's pretty set in stone. This year, it's like, I, th- I think at the end of the day, Aiden Hutchinson will go one, and everyone go, that, that was Everyone's like, oh, okay. Because yeah. like most years, I think it's because the Jags are number one too. Yeah. If this was almost any other team, yeah, I feel like everyone would be like, they're just gonna do this guy and yeah. they're just gonna roll. Well, because like the Jag, like last year, I remember, or like yeah, last yeah. year, Trevor Lawrence was one, but everyone was like, Zach Wilson could maybe, and everyone's like, shut up, no, yeah. you're not doing it. Everyone can. Nobody make... went to his pro day. Yeah, everyone went to Trevor Lawrence's pro day except yeah. Jacksonville. Except for Jackson. Everyone's like, everyone's like everyone knew that he was the guy. Same with Joe Burrow. It was yeah. like no one's gonna go because everyone knows yeah, it's Joe Miami Burrow. Yeah, Miami to give up their whole draft to go get. Yeah. Joe Burrow, yeah, and they and it didn't work. But like, this is one of those things I think is funny. It's like at the end of the day, eight hundred's gonna get picked, and we're gonna be like, remember all those like smoke screens that everyone tried to be like, maybe they'll take Trayvon. No, it's not gonna yeah. happen. They're gonna I, pick I, If like, they take Trayvon Walker, I'd be over the moon because that means there's no chance the Lions take him. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. So I don't know. I think it's gonna be Thibodeau at two. I think there's gonna be. I'm still trying to be like not positional value over like where their board is going to be, but I do think that like I think their positional values match where the board value is going to equal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these safeties and these receivers and even some of these linebackers where you go, man, all these are needs for the line. And I think it helps that the fact that well, you've got needs everywhere, but like it fits the glaring holes on your roster. Yeah. You go, man, we need a legit like man, we really could deal with another starter here, or we need like a starter. You know. It just kind of correlates in this draft yeah. for one reason or another. So, yeah, unless they take Malik Willis at two, and then everything gets thrown out. Yeah, I think I think I think that is when we talk about the first domino to fall that really messes up a lot of people's boards. Mm-hmm. I think line. I think because I think like Hutchinson goes one. I think even if Jacksonville picked Walker or Neal or yeah. our lineman, I don't think that messes up. 
too many people's no. boards. No. Because uh, I don't think anyone's like, oh, dang, we can't get Evan Neal at right. nine. Right. That's like, you know and what I mean? Holmes even said, he's like, we got to know who our top five, ten guys are. Yeah. We have to, we have to. They yeah, make be it there. Yeah, but like Malik Willis at two, I think everyone will go. Oh, so oh, Thibodeau's shoot. still open. So then they pick Thibodeau, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh god, now you yeah. know, now the Walker's domino falling. of Him Walker's or, falling, yeah, or, now, or Hutchinson's falling. So what does that mean? Yeah, and everything it's like, else. It's, it yeah. Is. So I think I think that could open up a lot if Woo! Malik Willis goes two. Can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun. I can't wait for the draft. I can't wait to cover it. Next I, I was gonna say I can't wait to sit there. Number two goes up, and I go, that was and, cool. And now I'm gonna go watch something else. Yeah. Until thirty two comes up. Right. Um. Yeah, no, I watch every pick because I'm a freak. But anyway. Well, I um, watch it. It's just yeah. muted, and I just go, okay. Okay, yeah. Next. Right? Um, hopefully they don't go to commercial at two like they always do every time the Lions pick. Lions pick's next. Commercial. <laughs> every time. Um, very, very excited for the draft, though. It, this is a humongous draft for your Detroit Lions. Like, I can't stress how important this draft is. Um, two, 32, 34, 66, and 97, I think, are their picks. Are your big ones. Yeah, yeah, those are the big ones to pay attention to. Um, they trade down. Maybe there's more. I don't know, but uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, and, and Brad Holmes, we trust. Caveat, unless they take Trayvon Walker. That's that's my <laughs> thoughts on this. Um, sorry, I'm just not I'm just not about that life. I, I'll, st- I'll still give it some. Mm. I don't know. He better be killing it. He better be the second coming of Warren Sapp. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it works. But anyway, um, I hope good. I hope anyone they choose at number yeah, two yeah, is exactly. the second coming of Warren Sapp. Yeah, yeah. If Thibodeau just sucks, I know. Then it's just like, well, that doesn't help either. But yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting time. I'm excited. The future of the Detroit Lions. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see the team building process. It's exciting. Can't wait to buy Madden next year just for, for that. <laughs> That's yeah, they be... don't change the game ever. It's I just know, an update right? rosters. Yeah, rosters. This year is actually worth buying the game, though. Cause they, yeah, because everyone's, everyone's, everyone's moved. different. Everybody yeah. moved. It's like an ultimate. I'll be like, yeah, I'll be like playing with Seattle and go, oh, no Russell Wilson. I got to play with Denver now. God yeah, damn. No, no Russell Wilson or Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Like, I'll be oh, like, who do I use here? Cool. Drew Locke is there. Yay. Uh, but that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. Next week, Draft Talk is going to dominate. The, the show so just be ready for it the results the reviews the thoughts the surprises the the highs yeah. the, the lows <laughs> no we can we can't forget that what's more important wrestlemania backlash we wrestlemania about. backlash is the other thing yes for sure that'll start the show maybe depending on what happens in the draft i don't know probably <laughs> not i lied i'm a liar it's fine that's gonna be <laughs> this week's show though guys on behalf of the missing whale man he's the merc so mike merkel i'm the mouth michigan robin dyka have fun in draft week We'll all say a little prayer for every one of us that they make the right pick, and he's a game changer for us at number two. Uh, We'll see you guys next week.